SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, folks, here we go with Sportsbook Radio. From Las Vegas, Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot. We're ready to rock and roll. We're going to recap a wild Week 17 in the NFL. We've got numbers. We've got Super Wild Card Weekend coming up. we got all kinds of cool things. This is a big week. The PGA Tour returns over in Hawaii. Uh, football's winding down. Hockey's beginning with training camps. Uh, all kinds of cool stuff. New beginnings and a new beginning, of course, coming up on Thursday when the Sports Grid Radio Network will be on Sirius 204. Uh, and we're very much looking forward to that. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Without further ado, bring in Stevie Slapshot. Just a typical Week 17, Stevie, a lot of goofy stuff. Culminates with the Sunday night game where Peterson, uh, in a winnable game, says, yeah, I don't want to win the winnable game, and goes to his backup, leaves the Giants on the outside looking in. So much for integrity of the league. That was odd, to say the least. But now we know the participants for the upcoming weekend. We'll dive into all the games in greater detail coming up, but... From a betting perspective, Steve, I talked to several sportsbook directors last night, and it's why they hate Week 17. Uh, the favorites went 13-3, and three and the books took it on the chin. Yeah, uh, we we heard that over at Don Best last night, believe me. Uh, when you have a favorite uh, weekend like that, not good for the books. Yeah, and then, you get the call like you fumbled or you threw the interception. It's like, sorry, I mean, you know, it is what it is. But, uh, boy, there were some just some crazy things. Uh, the Dolphins need a game. They get absolutely decimated. Uh, we, I, we did talk about this last week, back-to-back week uh, weeks. The Bills stick a fork in New England to exercise those demons, and the Dolphins are their bitter rivals. And Allen and company, the Bills – Again, it's 11 weeks in a row, cover the first half number, and even the backups destroyed Miami, so the Dolphins are on the outside looking in. In fact, we could even start there. They had no option to go to Ryan Fitzpatrick because he was out with COVID. But clearly, you know, you're watching Tua, and he's just a rookie. And it, 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 it's like when we talk about hockey prospects, they're teenagers. You know, you give them time, let them ferment a little bit. But – it's just a, a shortest sample. Herbert looks so good in what the Chargers may become with him. And Tua is okay, and he's he's a winner, and he does his level best. But from the eyeball test perspective, the kid just doesn't stretch the field. So, boy, the Dolphins, a wonderful season. Uh, Flores did a great job coaching, and their terrific defense got mauled in the last game of the year. That's one game. Who cares? But I wonder about Tua moving forward in in terms of just, you know, how high is the ceiling? I agree with you, Brian. Uh, If you, as you say, if you can't stretch the field, that's an issue. And right now he can't. And and I I think we talked about this all season. I think Miami made a mistake. They play Fitz, start Fitzgerald, right? I think you get in the playoffs with him as you, I'm sorry, Fitzpatrick, as your starting quarterback. And then, and then put Tua in, you know, in spots. You, you know, use him this year. Get him some experience. That's fine. But but if Fitzpatrick's your starter, I think Miami's a playoff team this year. 
I do too, but I mean, listen, ten and five is nothing to sneeze at. But I, you know, I think they're in if Fitzpatrick was the starter the whole way. Uh, that's neither here nor there. But uh, you know, the Bills continue to be red hot going in. The Browns is one of the big stories. Stevie, uh, they make it into the playoffs. Boy, they were holding their breath. 24-22 with Rudolph leading the Steelers. You know, you think of those games ago, and you saw the line move and all that stuff, and we said, that's too high. You know, Rudolph had played the majority of last year. But the one thing I don't think they take into account, you know, when you look at these inflated numbers, is the pressure. All the all the the weight of pressure and expectations on the Browns to oh my God we have to beat a team with their backup quarterback those are not easy games to win. No, they're not. They're not. I I I really like Stefanski, Brian. I think he's gone into Cleveland and just turned that entire culture around. This is a completely different football team under him now. I I, I and and you you said it, it's a backup quarterback, but but all year long. Uh, but Cleveland, it's it's just I get a different feel about this team, don't you? Watching them play on Sundays now under Stefanski. Oh, there's no doubt they they don't do the you know the goofy thing that needs calliope pu- music underneath it. You know the the, the idiotic mistakes, and it, it, that's a good point. I mean, a lot of this stuff is about culture, and for starters, Stefanski's got a culture. I think he's kind of reined in some of the bad actors from last year where there was a lot of me, me, me there. Now now it's a team, you, and you can see that on full display. This week now against Pittsburgh with Roethlisberger back, it's going to be a whole different story. Does this, it's, they, they, they face each other again, but Roethlisberger now back. Does anyone gain anything from yesterday's game going into this matchup now? Uh, I think it's a different animal, but I would say in a weird way, advantage Browns uh, because the pressure was on Cleveland yesterday and they hung on uh, Rudolph had the two point conversion. He threw that pass so high and he's going, he's looking at the referee. I'm going, well, it wouldn't matter. What do you mean? Manute Bowl wouldn't have caught it. It, it was, you know, but it, it was an exciting finish. There's no getting around that. But I think when you get to this week's game, uh, now Roethlisberger comes in, and it's a different animal. And I tell you what we'll do. We're going to dissect all the games uh, for Super Wild Card Weekend. A couple more to recap, and then we're going to start looking ahead. Uh, we're off to the race on a Monday. Glad to be with you. Sportsbook Radio, right here on the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, back with you here on a Monday Sportsbook Radio on the SportsGrid Radio Network. Don't forget, Sirius 204, it's coming on Thursday. In hour number two today... We'll have good fun. Chuck Esposito, Racing Sportsbook Director at Sunset Station. We'll check in. Mike Lewis from the Sun Coast, the Boyd property here in Las Vegas. We'll check in. Uh, we'll get their take on the weekend, the upcoming Super Wild Card Weekend, uh, and all kinds of other good stuff coming up in the second hour today on Sportsbook Radio. But we got good stuff for you right now. Stevie Slapshot joining me, Brian Blessing in Las Vegas. And we were recapping Week 17 and looking ahead to Super Wild Card Weekend, Stevie. But, you know, 
before we dive in, it, just, it hit me that we made it through the regular season. And there were a couple of speed bumps, but the NFL got through it. And now we're to the playoffs. And then it dawned on me. It used to be one of those things. You tell me. You've been here forever. I got here in 2005. The last three years, maybe it's a function of learning how to do it or just pacing yourself. But it always used to be this thing where, like, week 9, week 10, you know, you just hit a wall. You know, you were just exhausted. And, and it last for a week or something. And then you get your second wind and, and make that push. I've never really hit the wall the last three years. It just goes and goes and goes and goes, and you get into a rhythm and a routine. But it just it struck me that even during a pandemic where, for the most part, we work and we go home, uh, even if and we're lucky enough to have that luxury because so many people solely work from home, but it just struck me that this season flew by even during a pandemic. Yeah, it, it flew by it. At the end, Brian, it always flies by for me. I'm, I'm interested in the wall. I've, I've been here since the end of 89. I've, it, it, and, you know, all sports can be a grind, you know, at times. When, when you're, you know, trying to figure out who you're going to wager on every single day, there's a lot of numbers that go through, a lot of handicapping work to be done. But I, I've, never, I've never felt a wall in the NFL for, for myself. It's always, you know, just kind of, it's you know one week after another, and 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 pretty soon it's over, and and you look back, you wow, that went fast. But um, I, the the wall interests me, Brian. When you make that comment, I've never felt the wall before. Myself. Well, maybe it's a function of well, in football season per se, and this is what we're excited about when we get on Sirius two hundred four, and the vaccines kick in, and let's go fast forward to next September, and fans are back at games. We hope. And all the things that we don't do anymore, maybe like for me, it was one of those when football season hits, you have all the things you do, but we host football watch parties on Sundays every Sunday. We didn't do that this year. We had hockey watch parties. So maybe a function of it this year was there was less to do, but it just seems like it's a never-ending cycle where you finish one thing and you're like, what's next? Uh, which is fun. It's, it's the busy time of year. But, yeah, this year, basically, I mean, we all altered our schedules. There's no getting around that. For, for me, Brian, the, the wall is uh, college basketball. Because there, yeah. there, there's, what, 400 teams now? Are, are we over 400 teams that are on the board now? And Anyway, I, I cannot wait. That I need for uh, March Madness to get here soon most years. Now, again, now this year it's different. Because we've had so many games canceled, and it's not the gauntlet that it normally is. But normally, that's the sport for me that I cannot wait for March Madness because that signals that it's almost over for me. Yeah, and the other thing, we had this discussion with Chuck Esposito on Friday when we were out at uh, Sunset Station. Don't forget, when you come to Vegas, get their mobile app. You get a $100 sign-up. I mean, a free roll, 100 bucks to start. And you make the bets when you're in the Valley. As long as you're in the state of Nevada, you can use the mobile apps. And to that end, talking about the mobile apps and the wall and the big picture, think about this, Steve. We always said this was going to become mainstream, and there was the hypocrisy of Vegas was you know, treated uh, you know, like it had the plague, pardon the pandemic pun there. But we always knew this was going to be mainstream. And the fact it is now in all the jurisdictions and the Sports Grid Radio Network and all the networks and everything that's cropping up, 
we've been on the front lines of this for a lot of years. Now it's actually here. But you think of technology and the app, the mobile apps where people have the sports book at their hand and they can actually fund it, don't even have to go to a book, to the point we're in the middle of a global pandemic and in the month of November, they set wagering records and win records for the sports books. What does that tell you? This thing's just going to go, Brian. This in-game wagering is the deal now, and it's going to grow. You're going to have pretty soon, you're going to have uh, wagering on every single play of the Super Bowl. That'll be the first one. You'll have wagering on every single play. Will it be a run? Will it be a pass? Are they going to call a timeout here? Whatever it is, there will be something on every single play in the Super Bowl. That'll be the first one, and it will grow from there, I guarantee you. Well, actually, now that we're talking about this, and I just get on to the next thing, and I know it's coming, but I got this huge Christmas present, and it was last Wednesday when Jeff Sherman joined us on the show. Does an incredible job over at the Westgate in the Superbook, the premier golf odds maker in the industry, bar none. And I love golf. I play the golf religiously. Our buddy Cam Stewart and I, uh, we've done stuff together for years, and golf is a big focus of what we do in terms of betting with the opportunities, matchups, and things of that nature. And how things have evolved. A few short years ago, basically a golf tournament teed off on a Thursday. And that was it. Good luck to you. Whatever you bet Thursday, that's what you had in your pocket. Now you get updated odds after round one to win the event, round two, round three, round four. You get matchups throughout the course of the event. Now there's even live in-game wagering on golf. And to the point of the evolution of this thing, I have begged Jeff Sherman specifically, I said, how is it that we can't in Las Vegas and it's been done in faraway places. And he said it's coming finally this year. Is there going to finally put, it's hard to pick the winner of a golf tournament. I mean, I'm always looking for 80, 100 to one shots. I can't tell you, Stevie, how many times I've finished second. I mean, it's, it's a running joke. Cam and I have finished, like, we're right there and we finished it. We've hit our fair share of bombs. But we finished second so many times with bad beats and all this stuff. But if you're sitting there and you got a guy at 100 to one, and he falls two shots short, and you made a hell of a pick, and you were, you got to run for your money, and you didn't hit the home run. But you're like, why can't there be wagering for if a guy's 100 to one to win, that he's 50 to one to finish in the top five? And Jeff Sherman told us this week finally they believe they're going to have everybody on the same page go to gaming, and that's going to be a thing that's going to be offered in Vegas. And to me, that's a big thing. That yeah, people win a little bit, but they're gonna if they win, they're gonna churn it right back. It's almost like betting the horses, where the books are rooting for the players to win because it's paramutual. But when people win, they bet more. Absolutely, Brian. And and if they're gonna do that in golf, they'll be doing that in NASCAR. That'll give more people to NASCAR as well. How about this? Now this is not right around the corner, Brian. But again, I guarantee you, this is coming at some point in a golf tournament. Say uh, uh, the Masters, and let's say it's hole 13, and we talked about DeChambeau there. Maybe it, it gets to, I, I, I know it's coming. There'll be a point where when DeChambeau's teeing it up on 13, you can wager on whether he makes a birdie on this hole. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, that's and, already out there. I mean, that's out there. It's not here. It's not in Vegas, but those things are coming. 
Yeah, yes, no, will he birdie this hole? And then in, in literally because you only have like a maybe 40, 50 seconds, a minute to react to it when he's off thir- uh, 12 T goes to 13 T. Yeah, you're absolutely right. All these offerings, they're only limited by their creativity, the appetites there from the players, and then it's man hours because the one thing is they don't like to lose money. So they got to make sure they get the right algorithms and the right numbers to put up. But you're right. That's going to be awesome. All right, you know what we're going to do? We're going to turn our attention. We're going to get back to football, finish up on week 17, and we're going to give you the opening numbers for Super Wild Card Weekend. Six games this coming weekend. Uh, I think it's going to be a really exciting postseason tournament in the NFL, and it's an exciting Monday right here. Sportsbook Radio, Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot. Glad to be with you on the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Okay, folks, on a Monday, Sportsbook Radio on the SportsGrid Radio Network. Going to be on Sirius 204 coming up on Thursday. It's going to be great fun. And a big day. Uh, training camps opening around the uh, NHL. We've got the World Junior Semifinals today, which will be good fun. I can't wait to get home from uh, doing the radio shows to watch those games. Canada, Russia, and uh, the United States in action against Finland. So uh, pretty much the teams we thought would be there, Sands, Sweden, who finally stubbed their toe in the preliminary rounds. But the hockey's been great, and it's just wetting our whistle for the start of the NHL season on January 13th. Uh, back to Week 17 in the NFL. Stevie, uh, one team that's interesting uh, moving forward. We're going to get to these opening numbers. But the Rams found a way to win yesterday against Arizona. Arizona loses. The Bears lose, but the Bears get in. So the Bears backed in, but they're in. That's the bottom line. But the Rams, they're sitting there all of a sudden. There was a real scenario for the Rams to miss the playoffs. No golf. And all of a sudden, they get the young saver, Wolford, the Wake Forest hero uh, that comes in. He did not light it up, Stevie, but he wasn't awful. 22 of 38 for 231, one INT. But he rushed for 56 yards, had some mobility. But I got to be honest with you, buddy. It seemed to me like he protected the football better than Goff at times. Well, that's not hard to do, Brian. Yeah, that's true. Goff. Golf will find the other uniform on a, on a game by game basis. Um, you know, I, you know what I, I was wondering, and I didn't get to watch the game. If well, you know, Wolford is a very good running quarterback. He ran all over the place in Wake Forest. Um, and I was wondering if McFay would maybe design some plays for him. You know, may, maybe he didn't have time this week to get that in, but then in the post game, uh, McFay alluded to the thumb injury uh, for Goff. And the way he talked about the situation, it wouldn't surprise me if if Wolford gets to start here against Seattle, uh, regardless of of Goff's thumb stability. Well, is uh, let me ask you: Is a hundred percent of Wolford better than sixty-five, seventy percent of Goff? I'm not sure. A hundred percent of Wolford's not better than a hundred percent of Goff. <laughs> well, I, I have to tell. So, so the number is what, like four and a half, five for Seattle, and and probably will go up. I Seattle, what was twenty six, twenty three was the final against San Francisco. I I have trouble laying numbers with Seattle, but I also don't like the Rams. 
So if I play if I play anything, it'll be Seattle here. Well, you were right a few weeks back. You thought that Rams Seattle rematch would be low scoring, um, and basically Seattle you know wins the division there in essence. Uh, they played two games now. They've both been lower scoring, and we have Seattle four and a half. The total on the game is only forty three. Um, what, what what tells you anything's going to be different this time around? Because listen, this Rams defense is good. I would agree with you, uh, Brian, and the Rams' defense is good. And Seattle has, has gotten better as the year has gone along. 42-43 um, is about the number, I think. I, I'm, I would have a hard time. If I have to go either way, I would go under with these two teams in this spot. Uh, but uh, th- that number scares me a little, too. All right. The Tennessee Titans played the Texans yesterday. Um, knock on wood, I think we did some good work last week on the show because I just there was something about the you know the intangible thing Steve that yeah I think you got to listen to the players and, and you know sometimes it's a bunch of hooey but sometimes they point you in the right direction if you're willing to listen you know I've told you the the bills whatever it is now now it's 11 weeks in a row bet them in the first half but in the second half, they let teams come back at him. Well, that was actually the case the first third of the season. And the Bills just always jump out of the gate. They, they were an ATM machine covering the first half number. But you go back to the game they lost to the Cardinals on the Hail Mary. The players are now saying it's the best thing that ever happened to them. Because you sit there and say, do, the, do guys ever learn anything from something? And they all say the right things. But did they learn anything? The Bills learned something. They said that was the best thing ever happened to them, is that that game they went down and won it at the end with Diggs catching a touchdown, and the Hail Mary beat them. And they said it never should have come to that point because we took our foot off the pedal. And they have stepped on people in the second half of games now. Even with leads, they're throwing deep. They're not going to leave anything to chance. So the Bills said they learned a lesson. All right, so you listen to them. They believe that. They're showing it to you on the field. Tennessee and Houston yesterday, meaningless game for Houston. Titans need the game to win the division. I'm telling you, Stevie, if you didn't watch that J.J. Watt postgame comments he made last week about if you're not going to show up on time for meetings, if you're not going to do this, if you're not, you shouldn't be here. I mean, J.J. Watt called his teammates out last week. And, yeah, I know Tennessee needed the game, but a lot of those Texans were playing for their jobs and it was a, I think it was a function of J.J. Watt's comments last week, and it was clearly you got to take the Texans and the points. Yeah, I, I, I would have been really surprised if uh, the Texans didn't respond to that. That that that's your leader calling you out, and I'll I, and I'll tell you what, Brian, if they don't respond to that, Houston's in big trouble. All right, so I I expected what we got yesterday. I really did. But the way this fell, Texans go down, they tie the game. It was the Dolphins game kind of all over again, the Dolphins-Raiders deal. It's 20 seconds to go, game's tied, it's going to overtime. Tannehill steps back and throws a bomb to A.J. Brown. I'm like, how do you let anybody get behind you? With, with that little time left, you should have safeties back there. They got one-on-one coverage. Brown gets the long catch. They get the field goal. Titans get the win. 41-38 and get out of Dodge. 
And I got to tell you, the impact a play like that's going to have on the postseason. Now, because Tennessee won that game, had they lost, they were going to end up playing Buffalo. But now Tennessee is playing Baltimore. And if you were going to ask me the two matchup nightmares or the team, say as a Bills fan, I didn't want them to face, it was Baltimore or Tennessee in the first round. And that doesn't mean Indy can't beat Buffalo. Buffalo six and a half total, 52. But ten, Baltimore's three and a half at Tennessee. The total's 54 and a half. But one of those teams is going to be out. And if Pittsburgh beats the Browns, one of those teams is going to play Kansas City. I think it fell beautifully for Buffalo. If, if Pittsburgh beats Cleveland, it worked out pretty good for Buffalo. But either one of these teams, Baltimore and Tennessee, they're a nightmare. And you, first of all, Stevie, and I know Baltimore's good, but I shoot holes a little bit at their schedule and who they played at the end, and everybody's going bananas about these guys. Well, I mean, you look at the end of their schedule. They beat Dallas. The Cleveland game was a miracle when Jackson came out of the locker room. It was a miracle they won that game. But then they beat the Jags, the Giants, and the Bengals. I mean, I know they're NFL teams, but really, you know, who did they beat coming in? And you're telling me you're giving me Derrick Henry in a playoff game at home and three and a half points? Take a wild guess where I'm going. No, I got Tennessee too, Brian. Uh, I, I just and, – and I love – I love the coach for Tennessee. And, and as you said, Henry went off yesterday, so he's going to be in prime form. Uh, I, I'm going to be on Tennessee. And and I like Buffalo, too. I, I have never been a Phillip Rivers guy, especially in the playoffs. I, I've got Buffalo. Well, that's the thing in that game. You got Jonathan Taylor rushed for 230 yards yesterday. And that, but because of Rivers, that game got sketchy. Oh, yeah. If you read a box score, oh, 28 14. Okay. Indy took care of business. They were up big. The Jags came back and were down 20 14, had the ball with a chance to go get the lead. And Rivers made a couple of bonehead throws. Uh, th- th- he's the question mark. He can sling it around and he can have a great game and he can win. But it's almost like you can count on him to make one goofball throw in a game. Well, I suppose in the playoffs, Brian, we've seen him several times uh, turn the ball over in in big spots, make bad decisions. Um, I I just think, you know, San Diego, and and they made the playoffs, you know, consistently under him, but but should have done better in the playoffs under him. So now with Indianapolis, I don't trust him, and I like Buffalo. um, McDermott has just, again, another culture change. Uh, McDermott's done wonderful things in Buffalo. I love Josh Allen. I'll have Buffalo against Indianapolis. You know what, Stevie? It's a great point. And I'm curious. I'm doing a straw poll. I need your input here. Uh, the updated odds for Coach of the Year going into Week 17 was Brian Flores plus 115 was the favorite. Sean McDermott 145 was second. Stefanski is around 10 to 1. Rivera also. Um, listen, McDermott sweeps. Flores and the Dolphins knock them out of the playoffs. I don't know how Flores gets it over McDermott. Uh, Rivera's a great story, but they only won seven games. And Stefanski's done an incredible job with the Browns, but the Bills win 13 games. I think McDermott should be coach of the year. I'm going to go. I'm going to go against you, Brian. I'm going to take Stefanski. I think he's completely turned Cleveland around. And it's, it's not a knock against McDermott. He's done fantastic. 
I just Cleveland is a completely different football team now. Well, so is Buffalo, but I mean they've been building and building. That's the you know, that's the one thing about about betting on something that entails voting. You know, it's a, it's it's a buyer beware thing on the front end. I'll never forget I had Drew Doughty to win the Con Smythe at forty to one. And the national media shows up in the finals. Justin Williams scores two OT goals in the finals. That's great. He's a great player. But they weren't in the finals if it weren't for Drew Doughty. And I, I lost that one. But that's what happens when you get into the voting aspect of it. All right, we're going to dive ahead. Uh, next segment coming up. All six games this weekend. We got the numbers. We'll break them down on the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Okay, don't forget, coming up in our next segment, uh, after the top of the hour, Chuck Esposito is going to join us from Sunset Station and Mike Lewis from the Suncoast, two outstanding um, odds makers, race and sports book directors, and regular participants on Sportsbook Radio. In Las Vegas, Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot, Sirius 204. It's coming on Thursday. And this week, it's Wild Card Super. Stevie, we got a new name Super Wild Card Weekend. All right. I like new names. That's fantastic. Super. All right. Let's go right in order here. We start Saturday. Um, and I knew this was going to happen. I don't know if it goes any further than this, but the Bills were six and a half. And here on a Monday morning, uh, it's up to seven. Uh, the game had to get to seven. The Bills are seven-point favorites. Totals 52. Weather looks uh, cold but clear. And the totals 52. I got a funny feeling this total will go up. Yeah, I think so. I was just going to say, if I had to make a wager on the total, it would be over. On these two teams, and I don't even have to think about this, Brian. I've never been a Philip Rivers guy. I love what Buffalo is doing, especially in the in the games after the Hale Murray. They have really responded and stepped on people's necks. I'm laying the seven. Okay. Um, it, the funny thing is, now now you talk about the pressure. It was kind of like all the pressure was on Cleveland yesterday to not mess up. Now the pressure. Buffalo is the buzz team. But they haven't won a playoff game in forever. So there's actually the pressure to me is on Buffalo. Um, and if they win one, look out. But they got to win the first one. Uh, then the Rams and Seattle. Seattle's four and a half. The total's 43. We got the question marks with the quarterbacks with the Rams. But the one thing is this Rams defense has found a way to frustrate Russell Wilson. And I got to be honest with you, the last. I'd even say third of the season, Steve. In the beginning, Russell Wilson, MVP candidate, they were slinging it all over the place. Man, they got conservative on offense. They're really kind of predictable. And I get it. You want to run the football with Carson and Hyde. But it's like your best shot is, is with the ball in Russell Wilson's hand. And it ain't been pretty here for a while. Their defense has gotten a lot better, too. I think Metcalf is getting frustrated as well, and that's not good for them. I, I think Seattle wins the game. I think this is a lower-scoring game, but I think the, the, the numbers scare me. I, I don't want to lay the four-and-a-half-five with Seattle, and, and I don't want to bet under 43-42. So I'm going to stay away from the game. 
But my feeling is Seattle finds a way to win here, and it's a lower-scoring affair. All right, and then the get-out game on Saturday. This is intriguing. Tampa Bay, an eight-point favorite at Washington, and the total is 46-and-a-half. And I think you've got kind of competing angles in the middle of this game, and then you've also got the public perception of the game. And anything involving Tom Brady, Tom Brady generates over money. And Tampa Bay has been singing like a top here in recent weeks, and Brady's throwing it up and down the field. Now, they might have lucked out that Mike Evans is going to be able to play this week, but it looked like that was a serious injury. But if you look at the Bucks here on the way in, they beat the Vikings. They beat the Falcons by four. They murdered the Lions without their coach. And they put up 44 on the Falcons. Again, that's not a murderer's row. And they get arguably, you know, the matchup everybody wanted, and that was to play the NFC East champion. But this Washington defense, and Brady is a stationary target. I think this one's correlated, Steve. I mean, if Washington wins this game, See, I mean, Tampa can do – maybe Tampa just comes in and lights them up. I don't think so. But if Washington is in this game or wins this game, it's low scoring. I think it's absolutely correlated to Washington and the under if you're a believer in the Washington football team. I would agree with that, Brian. If Washington wins the game, it's an under. Um, So last night, uh, Tampa Bay came out – I found a 14-1. to to win the Super Bowl after the all the playoffs uh, were set up. I took the 14 to 1. Um, so I like Tampa Bay in this game. Um, I don't know that I'm going to lay the 8, but I probably will. Uh, I agree with you. They have played really well. Uh, again, it may be lesser competition, but I like the way they're playing. Um, I just don't think – I love Washington as a story. I just don't think they have enough uh, to beat Tampa Bay. I'm probably not going to touch the total. Um, 46 and a half. I don't know how it's going, but uh, uh, if you're right, if Washington is to win this game, it's under 46 and a half. Absolutely. The only thing I would say to you from a buyer beware aspect, Stevie, for 10 weeks, we were laughing and making jokes, but we said this 10 weeks ago and probably said it once a week, at least for 10 straight weeks is don't be surprised if the NFC East winner when these guys get laughed at and maybe a team gets in there and they don't even have a winning record, and that's the case, don't be shocked if the NFC East winner wins their first game. I know we've said that a boatload of times. We have, Brian, and and I'm normally looking to do things like that, right? Take take the team that the public that sees no way of winning the football game. I, I just think Washington's overmatched here, and I, and I could be wrong. I, but I just feel like the way Tampa has been playing lately, Washington is overmatched here. Well, we'll look back on this, you know, when we get five, six weeks down the road. But don't sleep on, and you knew it would happen. They had to find a way to work him in and make sure he was part of the team. First of all, he wasn't a distraction. But all of a sudden now you've added Antonio Brown to the mix there. Yeah, he even steals touchdown passes from his own guys, uh, as he did yesterday. I saw that. Um, yeah, they they, they they are they are working him in. It, 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 with every week, you know, he it's 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 getting better. Now, obviously, he was in the wrong spot 
on that play. So there's still stuff to be to be worked on. But I but Brady is is spreading it around too. Again, the last three four weeks um, they have been improving, and that's why I like them here. All right, let's go to Sunday, Baltimore Tennessee. Baltimore's three and a half. The total's fifty four and a half. I mean, for starters, Stevie, we touched on it earlier. Tennessee can score with anybody, but they can't stop anybody. But, you know, when they need him, when they need a game, they give it to Henry and Henry comes through. But even against Houston, the game was a track meet. I got to take the points. I would think it's sitting at three and a half. I got to believe it gets to three. So if you're betting Tennessee, bet them right away. And But I don't see any way that it's not a high-scoring game, 54 and a half. Yeah, I don't know about the high-scoring. I'm, I'm probably not going to touch the total. If they're running the ball a lot, and I think that they will run Henry a lot, um, you know, I, I can see it going under. I'm, I'm, I'm probably not going to play the total. I love Tennessee. Henry had, what, 160 yards yesterday, Some. Godly 2000 yard season. Um, so I, I, I like Tennessee. Baltimore is, uh, eh. I, I feel eh about Baltimore. Uh-huh. I love I'm Tennessee's, I, I love the coaching staff at Tennessee. Uh, I, I'm going to have 10. I, I think it opened, uh, there were a place or two that had it at four. It's now three and a half. I'm taking the three and a half with Tennessee. All right, my friend. I always give you the lollipop. I mean, am I crazy? And then you would just say, <laughs> yes. yes. But why do I think the Bears have something to say in this game at New Orleans? New Orleans is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. The total's 47-and-a-half. 35-16 was the final score in the game against the Packers. That score is not indicative of – that was a one-score game into the second half deep. And I think Chicago's defense can create some turnovers – and I just think that's that number's way too high. I think Chicago's offense is playing better. Montgomery's a workhorse. If Chicago's defense can create the right turnover at the right time, I can see Chicago taking this one right to the wire to win the game. Yeah, I, that, that could happen. It's not so much Chicago for me as it is Drew Brees does not look like himself yet coming back from the injury. And and so for me, it's more against New Orleans because they're not fighting on all cylinders yet than it is a, a play on Chicago. I'm not going to play the game. I, I, I would be looking to play New Orleans and nine and a half just feels too high uh, to me right now. Um, I, I don't know about the total. I'm, I'm not impressed with Chicago. I just... The, the, I, I don't know what happened there. The, the, the coach coming over from um, Kansas City was so, so good the first year, and I don't know where it went, but it's all gone. And, and I don't trust Trubisky. Um, Foles didn't work out for whatever reason. Um, so for me, I'm, I'm not touching the game. I think New Orleans uh, you know, wins the game. I don't know how, by how much. And then the get-out game. Wow. Cleveland's at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh four, totals forty six and a half, and everybody's going to look at it and say, "Well, you know, the Steelers beat them thirty eight seven, and then it was a two point game with their backups, 
and everybody's just going to lean Pittsburgh's way here. Uh, you know, Roethlisberger has not stretched the field all year long, but he does have the weapon with the Deontay Thomas kid, and but they can't run the ball. And there's a part of me, Steve, that says Cleveland is playing with house money. All the pressure in the world was on them to not screw up. They won the game and got in. No matter what happens, they're loving life in Cleveland with this football team. But I think they're real dangerous now because I think they don't have a care in the world here. And Pittsburgh's current form at the end of the season was not good. I agree with all that. I, I don't think Pittsburgh was that good throughout the entirety of the season. I know that they were 10-0, and 0, they didn't play anybody. whatever it was at one point. Yeah, they, they, they never really looked good to me. Um, I'm, I'm going to be I'm gonna be rooting for Cleveland like mad, Brian. I, I really would love for Cleveland to win this game. I'm not going to wager on it. Uh, four and 46 and a half, I don't like either of those numbers on, on either side. So I'm just going to watch the game. And I'm going to be rooting for Cleveland like Matt. I hope they get it done. Well, as a Bills fan, I would say this to you. I'm rooting for Pittsburgh because that would mean the Bills host Pittsburgh and avoid the Tennessee-Baltimore winner, who I think would be much more dangerous. Um, so I'm kind of rooting for Pittsburgh. The, the nice Cleveland story be damned. I'm, I mean, for me, <laughs> the rooting interest because I think it's a better matchup for the Bills to take on the Steelers. But you know what, buddy? I like the under. I, I think I can see these teams stalling inside the 20. I think both defenses are going to ratchet up. I really like the under in this game. Well, Pittsburgh's uh, offense, again, has not been good all year. And if Cleveland will run that two-headed monster like I think they should, yes. but they haven't always done this year, then you're right, Brian. Then it's an under. Yeah, I mean, if I'm Cleveland, I'm going in there and I'm hammering those running backs and that clock – is running, and it's running hard. And the clock's running towards a break. We still have a short segment. Stevie's thoughts coming up to wrap up hour number one and hour number two on Sportsbook Radio here on a Monday. We'll have Chuck Esposito and Mike Lewis, who will check in two of the uh, outstanding odds makers, sportsbook directors here in Las Vegas that are regular contributors to Sportsbook Radio. Count the days. Thursday, we're going to be on Sirius 204. Going to be good stuff. Wrapping up hour number one, coming up next, Sportsbook Radio on the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Okay, putting a lid on things. Hour number one, Sportsbook Radio. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot in Las Vegas. And we always call on him. He grinds away. Some of them are nuggets. Some of them are nuggets. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what he brings to the table today. <laughs> Stevie's thoughts. The final couple of minutes. I'll be the judge. All right. A thought and kind of a, a kind of a question for you, Brian. You know that I have loved the last twenty years in New England. Uh, I'm from Northern California, as is Tom Brady, and I'm a fan of all things Boston through my father. Now we get Brady going to Tampa Bay. They're in the playoffs. And Bill Belichick left without Brady, not in the playoffs. What Bill Belichick is going to be a Hall of Fame coach. But what is he really, Brian? Without Brady, what did he do? He didn't do anything in Cleveland as a head coach. 
And without Brady in New England, what has he done? If not for Drew Bledsoe taking one more step instead of going out of bounds, what what, what happens in New England? Your feelings – now, I I love Belichick as a defensive coordinator and as a guy who can put a team together. His draft picks, his trades, all that stuff, magnificent. But without Tom Brady, is he a Hall of Fame coach? Oh, 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 yes. I think he'd have found a way. I, you know, they're not racking up all the Super Bowls they won. No, the guy's just too good. Don't forget, he was the defensive coordinator for Bill Parcells' Giants, who shut down the hottest offense, beat the Bills in Super Bowl twenty-five. He'd have found a way. You need the personnel. But you're right. If Mo Lewis doesn't hit Bledsoe, does Brady ever get on a football field? But it is a subplot. Brady advanced somewhere else, made the playoffs. Belichick didn't. He's got to get a quarterback. We'll have plenty of time to talk about this one, Stevie, but might Garoppolo be making a return to Belichick and the Patriots? they got to get a quarterback. Cam Newton is not the answer. But a great point. Belichick's watching football. Tom Brady's playing it. Our day's not done. We've got hour number two coming up, Sportsbook Radio, with Chuck Esposito and Mike Lewis, great odds makers in the next hour, along with Stevie Slapshot. Good job, Stevie, getting us off to the races. We're not done. A brief timeout. We'll be right back to Las Vegas. Sportsbook Radio on the Sports Grid Radio Network.